listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. This is RB and Jay. This is the Morning Punching Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, September 11, 2017. It is Canelo Golovkin Fight Week. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, and actually, we are going to give you guys a special edition show this Wednesday, all for Canelo versus Golovkin. So we're going to open up hey. the phone lines on Wednesday. We want to do an in-depth preview and breakdown and we want to get your predictions this is a huge fight that could very well be a historic fight so we, we want to give it its own special edition show let me properly introduce my partner in crime the creator and founder of badculture.net contributor for bso jay lebuff what's good jay what's good rv it's good to be back everybody we took the week off for the holiday. My bad. Your girl forgot it was a holiday and tried to book some stuff, and yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to be back with you guys. Great. I am still on a high from this weekend's fight action. I enjoyed all the fights that I saw this weekend, and I'm happy to be back with you, RB. We didn't send out an official hot question, but, you know, something occurred to me last night. I just heard this big whoosh of people whew, Jumping off of the Chocolatito bandwagon, y'all cold, man. You do realize that man's only lost like two times. So anyway, it made me think about it. Why are there so many people calling for Chocolatito's retirement when we still got folks fighting with Mm. far worse records than that? And this man is a dominant fighter. He just didn't do too well at his weight. So I would like anybody listening to tweet us or call in and talk about these calls for Chocolatito to retire. I want to hear your opinions on that. Let us know. 718-508-9852. Back at you, RB. All right. All right. And I'm going to put that out there on Twitter. Use the TMPS hashtag if you can so we can try to get some of your thoughts and your opinions in today on the show. So make sure you hashtag that should Chocolatito continue to retire. Uh, we do have some know it or blow it for you guys today. That's our boxing trivia game. We guys want you to call in. Today, if you play and you win, you get a signed autographed photo of Manny Pacquiao. So if you're a Manny Pacquiao Ooh. fan and you're listening to the show, we have a signed photograph by him. So 718-508-9852, press 1. That's how we know Ooh. that you want to play know it or blow it with us. Damn right. Not a bad time, right? Man, I'm so jelly. I want I want one. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Well, Know It or Blow It is brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. And, Jay, TheBoxingInsider.com sent me a huge box of memorabilia, signed autographs, photos, and gloves. And we've got um, fight attire, like some stuff that, like, Larry Holmes wore, you know, like boxing Dang. trunks and all. I mean, yeah, we got some good stuff. So every week... We're going to up the ante. We got some really good giveaways from BoxingInsider.com. All you have to do is play. You know, we, we don't really try to, you know, give you any trivia from, like, 1945. It Mostly right. it's, like, current. It's stuff that most boxing fans should know, so make sure you play with us. But anyway, enough chitter-chatter. Let's start, Jay, and let's recap this past weekend's fight. Let's go to Friday night on Showtime. The Phoenix boxing scene can now claim a new world champion after super middleweight David Benavidez 
his latest victory Friday night. He claimed the WBC super middleweight title in a split decision against Ronald Graville. The victory made David Benavidez, who's only 20 years old, the youngest champion in boxing and the youngest ever in the super middleweight division. How'd you see the fight, Jay? Break it down. I enjoyed the fight. Great fight. Uh, Gavril was definitely a live dog that came to fight, and the action went back and forth. I had Benavides been uh, winning the fight. There was some controversy at the end over not only the split decision, but there were people who had it a little closer and felt that Gavril won. I thought the young man did enough. He went to the body. He went upstairs. He moved well. Uh, he looked a little conditioning might have been a little bit less than desirable in the latter parts of the fight because he's probably become accustomed to winning so early. But other than that, I I liked what he did out there. He was cutting the ring off. He was connecting to the body. He has a great future ahead of him. There's some very distinct things that he could improve upon. But other than that, I thought he was dope. I can't wait to see him again. Well, you know, I was trying to follow via Twitter. I We had a fight in Philly, so I couldn't watch it live. Oh, and the on Twitter. Yeah, the, the the scores on Twitter were all over the place. The scorecards, yeah. when I saw the scorecards, they looked all over the place. So I couldn't gauge, like, was this really a close fight? Like, everybody was all over with it. I mean, the two of the scorecards were 116-111, one for Benavides, the other for Graville. Then you had a 117-111. Uh, Benavides was dropped, I guess it was, what, in the final last minute of the 12th round, and he picked himself up off the canvas and redeemed himself. And uh, I know that Ronald Ronald Graville is screaming for a rematch. He feels like he won. Eddie Mustafa has been sounding off on Facebook left and right. He wants the judges retired. He wants them fired. He wants them to go to jail. I mean, Eddie Mustafa is mad right now. So, Again, without me watching it live, how close was it? I mean, you got for Bill's side angry. Well, definitely the knockdown did bring it in closer. But honestly, I ha- I still had even with the knockdown, I still had Benavidez doing enough to edge out edge out his opponent. If I remember correctly, I scored it one fourteen to one thirteen. So. But definitely on the side of Benavides, I never wavered from that. I never I saw some good moments from Gabriel, but not anything that would change my opinion that he had done enough to win the fight. But, but a good performance forward, indeed. Yeah, me and you, we touched base a little bit last night about David Benavides. Moving forward, I think there are some mm-hmm. tools that, you know, he's going to have to work on as he matures. And, again, he is a baby. I mean, he just turned, like, right. 20 years old. Um, and that division is deep. When you look at 168 and you think about Chris Ruben Jr. and Callum Smith and Anthony Durrell, James DeGale is back in the gym. He's punching again. Mm-hmm. He's targeting a December return. These are all names that David Benavidez could be fighting soon. So how does he fare against a guy like James DeGale or Anthony Durrell? James DeGale, I think, would be a really competitive fight for him depending on how James can bounce back from his last fight. In a fight against Anthony Durrell, Anthony, yeah, Anthony Durrell, the younger Durrell, not the older Durrell, not mm-hmm. Andre Durrell. Right. Yeah. I, how do I think he does against Anthony Durrell? They I think it's a good fight. fight. It's, mm-hmm. it's a tough, it, it, uh, any of those fights, honestly, are tough fights for him at this point because he's still a young kid and we haven't seen him fight 
enough opponents of that level or caliber. Whatever you think of the Durrells, you know, yeah. they're still formidable. You know, there's always yeah. a champ, and you can never count out DeGale. And, I mean, it's a stack, stack, stack division. Exactly. And, and again, he's such a baby, and he's got a lot of maturing to do. Um, but I love that he won. He's from Phoenix. They have a world champion now. And, you know, the one thing that David Benavidez does have is discipline. He trains. Mm-hmm. He leaves home. He goes to camp. He doesn't have a lot of distractions. I mean, that is why where he is today. If more fighters had his discipline and his focus and his character, they'd probably get a lot further in boxing. So um, kudos to him. I mean, because you see his brother, Jose Benavidez Jr., is the complete opposite. And you see where he's mm. at. So it just goes to show you that with discipline and dedication, anything is possible. Uh, but anyway, also on that undercard, Jay, Jay Leon Love won a technical draw over A.B. Hahn. Um, and it's funny because I had somebody from uh, Las Vegas text me and say, you know, I saw Jay Leon was lo- losing the fight. There was a headbutt. It went to the cards and Floyd Mayweather won. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> wow. That's not right, though. That, that, yeah. I don't see the lies in there. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. I, I can't really give an opinion because I didn't see it. Peter Quillen defeated Deshaun Johnson. Now, Deshaun Johnson took that fight on two days' notice. He was out in Big Bear sparring and training with Gennady Golovkin. Got the call for Peter Quillen. He was in shape. He said, sure, why not? I can't turn down no fights, no money right now. I don't have that luxury. Went out there. Almost knocked out Quillen in the third. Uh, then Quillen turned it back around and ended up getting a really close unanimous decision over Deshaun Johnson. Caleb Plant was also on that card, and he defeated Andrew Hernandez, who I think also mm-hmm. took that fight like on a five-day notice. And, Jay, did you Very happen recent. to watch the Plant-Hernandez fight? I did. Uh, Caleb Plant did dominate the fight. He did look sharp. He looked crisp. He did look good out there. But I, I can't lie, I, I giggled when I watched the post-fight interview and Floyd was on and said, you know, he should have knocked him out. He took that fight on last minute. I'm like, yeah, yes, that sounds about right. But he, he did look sharp. He did look good. But, yeah, I would have enjoyed even more if he finished it off a little earlier than he did. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Ooh. there was, yeah, the World Boxing Super Series. Go for it. Wow. Usyk. Alexander Usyk. I can't believe it. Alexander Usyk, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, looked better in those first four rounds than he did in his last two fights. Two fights ago, that fight was trash. His most recent fight where he defended the WBO cruiser, he looked better than the last fight, but still not the killer that I expected. Well, Saturday, he was the killer on Marco Hook. Styles made fights. He gave him all that he could handle. He walked him down. He was zapping him with blistering body shots. Alexander Usyk looked like the man on Saturday. And now it's got me messing up my whole bracket. I think at the end of the bracket, I knew for sure Moriak Gassiev would make it to the final fight. But now I'm looking at Usyk like, hmm, you can make it to the end too. But yeah, it was that good a fight. Usyk looked really good on Saturday. Wow. All right. Well, the big super fly card Saturday night hit HBO. The attendance at StubHub was around 7,400, um, said to be a sellout, which is great because when was the last time you saw a guy from Nicaragua and a guy from like Thailand or wherever he's from sell out the StubHub? StubHub was That's amazing. incredible, right? Um, yeah, I, I got to really shout out Cali. You, Cali is such a great fight city and state. I got to shout y'all out. 
Anyway, Roman, yeah. Roman Gonzalez, such a wonderful, classy fighter. And I really want mm-hmm. him to be remembered by those things today. So whatever we say and whatever we break down and whoever feels what, I always want us to remember that he's such a classy fighter and he's such a great fighter. He, okay, so let's get into this part. He was destroyed on Saturday night. He, yes, took, he, some, he took some crucial punches from the very beginning of the fight. Um, you could tell that he was a little hesitant. In the first round, Jay, he even complained to the ref about the headbutts. You could tell he was worried yeah. about those headbutts because in their first fight, it was a big problem. Uh, so, Saristocat, is that how you pronounce the name? Saristocat? Saristocat, yes. Saristocat. He fought with confidence. He was not hesitant whatsoever. He was not worried about no headbutts. Let's fast forward to the fourth round where Saristocat landed. The first big right hook sent Gonzalez to the canvas. Later in the round, he lands another devastating right hook where Gonzalez didn't get up off the canvas, and it was finished. It was a wrap. And Adam Abramowitz said it best when he said the aristocrat really defeated Chocolatito physically, technically, and psychologically. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was the best recap that I read all weekend. That fight was incredible. The whole card was incredible. We're going to talk more about it, but mm-hmm. I just I was I'm in complete awe. Congratulations to to the K2 team for putting that card together and all the other promoters that were involved. Fantastic night. I can't believe that just from the moment that Chocolatito walked out with the emotional walk in and once he got in the mm-hmm. ring, as soon as it began, he just looked untrue. He looked so small. We were of course he's a small fighter. He's flyweight. But compared to Saristocat, he just looked very small, but that means nothing. He just never seemed to get off and to the races, and Saristocat just had too much power, too much movement, and just clear domination from the opening bell. Super impressive, super skilled, but powerful and entertaining at the same time. My God. That was a fantastic performance from Saristocat. I'm in shock that he laid Roman Chocolatito out like that, but that was a masterful performance, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of sad that HBO caught on too late. You know what I mean? Uh, Roman Gonzalez, Chocolatito, in his prime, he was at his best. And I think mm-hmm. HBO, and not just HBO, but other networks, okay, Everyone was just a little too late in getting him, you know, when he was right. in his prime and when they could have showed him off to the world. I mean, Chocolatito would be so much of a bigger star today, and he was really becoming an attraction. I mean, they put 7,400 people in the StubHub yeah. on Saturday night. He was filling yeah. seats. The mainstream audience was finally catching on to him. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a shame because over the years, HBO hadn't been like this big investor in the smaller guys. And I think Ramon, you know, broke that scene and he was a pioneer, you know, to say, hey, we flyweights should be treated with respect and we should be getting paid more and we should be on TV. And so now that Mm -hmm. he did that for the small guys and the flyweights, now those guys need to keep on carrying that. They need to keep pioneering. And HBO needs to keep showing us these fights because they are entertaining these guys are giving us all-out glory and guts and blood. I mean, it's really fun to watch these small guys, Jay. I, I just feel like it really is fun to watch them. And we can't forget that Chocolatito, you know, he broke into the scene, 
And people are just looking at what happened to him Saturday night. And it's such a shame right. because he's been a professional fighter for like 12 years. He's fought at the right. top level for seven, four weight classes. You know, give him his credit. He's a future first-time ba- first ballot Hall of Famer. End of story. Right. So if you don't know his story, you know, I don't want to see, oh, he's done. Oh, he's overhyped. Oh, he's overrated. That's what sucks about this whole thing today. Yeah, and what people also have to remember about that, first of all, Chocolatito is 46-2. and 46-2. and two. Number one. Number two, in that division, the entire top of the division is so competitive, and there's so few of them, so they're always fighting each other in competitive fashion. They're not fighting, you know, the mailman down the street. They're fighting each <laughs> other regularly because it's such a competitive division. They're not cherry yeah. walking down there. So to see people talking about he's washed and he's retired, is he a little overmatched at his current weight division? Yeah, probably so. I bet you if he goes back down to his true fighting weight, he's still whipping most of that division. He's yeah, you know, Chocolatito did turn down any possibility of going back down to 112. So at this point, I think it's retire. He can maybe start training some fighters in Nicaragua. Or he could try to go for a fifth title at 115. But on, at 115, you know, that division, it's a lot for him. He, he's got a lot of wear and tear at 115 already. Um, he's a little guy, you know, and, and so many, so few fighters in this area, in this era has even challenged themselves the way that Chocolatito right. has, you know, with right. moving up the way he has and fighting the guys that, that he's fought. But let's get back and let's talk about, Saristocat, uh, real quick. Wow, he yeah. should probably be considered for fighter of the year. Wow. Let me fighter of the year. Every fight he's had has been amazing. He took down Chocolatito twice. I mean, it's good. He's well, definitely in well, the conversation. Well, well, here's the thing. A lot of people had Chocolatito as the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. He beat him mm. on the Golovkin Jacobs undercard, and then last night he put him to sleep. Or Saturday night he put him to sleep. Why wouldn't this guy be considered for Fighter of the Year? I'm not saying he should win it, but I think he should definitely be considered and nominated for Fighter of the Year. Hey, that's a hell of a year for this guy who used to be a trash man, who had no food, no money, would walk 60 miles to a grocery store to work every day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. damn. And then he comes on the scene this year and he beats Chocolatito twice? That, Yo, that's a easily. hell of a story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, we know for sure that he'll definitely be in the uh, the top five of the fight game when they start doing their year. When they start doing their year in show, they definitely will be in it. Yeah. Well, Jay, I know that. Um, so you were there, and I remember you texted me saying that they were taking Chocolatito um, on the ambulance to the hospital, any updates? Do you know, you know, if he suffered anything, or was it just precautions, or what do you know from that? As far as I know, right now, it was just precautions because later on, the next, uh, the, like the next morning, there were pictures of him. There's pictures of him floating around, of him meeting with folks and walking around and looking his regular self. So I think it was just precaution, just because the knockout was so decisive. But he seems to be fine. And from reports that I read, he's considering retirement, but he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. He knows his body. Okay. got to do his best for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, the undercard was just as fiery 
And uh, so let's see. We we had opened up with Estrada versus Quadras. Great fight between the two. Mm. Estrada mm. scored a late knockdown, got the win on all three scorecards. Michael Buffer kind of, you know, messed that up a little bit and announced Quadras as the winner, but corrected it. <laughs> um, really good fight. I mean, I, I honestly, uh, and Jay, I'll get your input real quick too, but I don't want to see a rematch. Like, yes, it was a great nah. fight, and I want to leave it as a great fight. But I want to see the aristocrat versus Estrada. That's what I want. Give me that. Lit. Lit. Oh, man. Wow. Quadros Estrada. I predicted Estrada to win. So I got my prediction right. But that fight was incredible. Incredible. With so much action. That's the best part about these smaller weight divisions. It's like you get the best of both worlds. You get power, plus you get speed and technical and all these other defensive aspects that you enjoy while still getting that ferocity. That's what every fight had on this card. With Quadras Estrada, yeah, I don't need them to run that back again. Uh, Estrada, Aristocat is a great fight. Estrada, Inoue is a good fight. We could just play round table with the fight this weekend, but that would be so much action. Like, I couldn't take it. I mean, I could, but it would be super hype. <laughs> yeah, really good fight. I am. Um... Inoy made his uh, American debut versus Nieves, Antonio Nieves, out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, a lot was on display. We got to see who this guy Inoy is. That, am I pronouncing that right? Inoy? Inoy, yes. Inoy. You know, I'd be butchering names. Inoy. Uh, he gave us a lot to look at. We saw a lot of nice left hooks. We saw some good body work. He was very poised. He showed charisma. A couple of times he was showboating a little bit. He had some really fancy footwork, showed up his power. Uh, he's only 24 years old. He made his debut um, in some really good fashion. And he's already had quite the career. Again, this is a guy that not many people know, just like people didn't know Chocolatito until he came on the scene. But he's already picked up belts in two divisions at 108 and 105. K2 Promotions, Tom Loeffler is now in the Inouye business, and they signed him. So that's a good thing because, you know, I expect this guy now to be on the Golovkin cards, undercard. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, what a what good preventative strike. I thought he was great. He He's a killer. He's the monster. And what a great preventative strike. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I sound like a conspiracy theorist. It's like, wow, Chocolatito gets laid out the same night. That's your new guy debuts and he just crushes. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant job, Tom Leffler. Brilliant job. Yeah. So uh, we're coming off the high. Yeah, we're going to come down off the high. Superfly lives up to expectations. It probably exceeded our expectations. I mean, I think we all knew it was going to be a banging card. Uh, for everybody who was there, I'm so jealous of you too, Jay. But anyway, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to play Know It or Blow It. We have an autographed Woo-hoo. photo here signed by Manny Pacquiao. And so we want to open up the phone lines and we want to play some Know It or Blow It. 718-508-9852. Press 1. We'll be right back. The greatest moments have always been when the best fight the best. Pay attention. History is about to Saturday, September 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on pay-per-view. 
For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. All right, we want to play some know it or blow it. Jay, anybody daring to be great? Has anyone pressed one? Man, no. I see some people. I see some 631s. I see some 916s. Uh, Shout out to the homie on Twitter, David Altamiro, who's trying to dial in from Canada to play. If somebody can help, I'm sorry, Altamirano, if somebody can help my mans out, look at my mentions and tell him how to dial to domestically from Canada. I thought it was just a dial direct since it was North America. But if anybody knows how to do that, can you help my man out? He wants to call in and play Know It or Blow It. And if you're un- indecisive about playing, you call in too. We want to talk to you. Oh, man. We've, we have free stuff to give away. Just play the damn game. It's not that hard. Anyway, Jay did ask a hot question earlier today, which was, you know, should Chocolate so continue or retire? And we got a couple um, responses here. This one guy says he should continue. He'd still like to see him fight Quadras. Um, mm. And then on the next breath, this guy Harold says he should retire, but it only depends, you know, on the fight and the money if he's going to make decent purses. So that's where we are with that. But, okay, well, then, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and move on. Listen, I got some really good words on the curve today. Um, but first, Ooh. we're going to get through some in case you missed it. Um, that Jay's going to fill us up. You know, if you were lost in the sauce last week, like I was, we're going to get caught up here. But the phone lines are still open. So if you want to play note or blow it and you want to win that free photograph signed by Maddie Pacquiao, press one at any time and we will pick you up and play our game. But Jay, let's go right into note or, or, or into uh, in case you missed it. Here's some in case you missed it news live and direct ringside from this weekend Superfly card. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was in the house. Not sure if he had his watch on, but he was in the house for the fight. And he told Lance Puckmeyer that he is looking to return to the ring in November. I don't know. I don't have an over and under for his weight, but uh, he says he wants to return to the ring. Also announced on the same night, Sergey Kovalev will be returning to the ring after some time off after uh, two coming up short against Andre Ward. He will fight on November 25th against Vyacheslav Shabransky at the theater at Madison Square Garden. So that's a good, tough return fight for him. East Coast, you know, get there. I'm sure it's going to be a good fight. No word on the undercard for that yet. Also in the house for the Superfly car, we didn't even have to go look for the news. It came to us this weekend. Orlando Salido was in the house at Superfly, and he says he's waiting on a November fight date to be finalized. So you fans of Siri Siri. He'll be back in November, but we're not sure against whom yet. Uh, and other, in case you missed the news, Adrian uh, Groner has lost his damn mind again. I'm sorry, Leonard. I know you were getting on us about reporting positivity, but we can't report that doesn't exist. You know, when we see something good, we'll be happy to talk about it. But Groner's out there acting a fool in Las Vegas, shoved a woman, punched a man. My God, somebody go get him. Go get your boy. Um, Amir Khan says he's back finally. Khan, can he do it? He's going to be returning back to full focus in the ring. He has filed from divorce from his wife. 
If I don't know if they're going to take it to Twitter again and get messy, but he'll be back sooner than later, so he says. Uh, in case you missed it, Anthony Joshua will be next in the ring against Kubrat Pulov on October 28th. They'll be fighting back over across the pond. I'm bummed. I wanted to see Anthony Joshua fight here in Las Vegas for my own selfish reasons, but unfortunately the fight goes back to England. Uh, also, and in case you missed it, news, MMA fighter and sometimes sparring partner of Clarissa Shields, um, Chris Cyborg has obtained her boxing license. If any of you saw the footage of them sparring before her most recent bout, you you know, you think like me, that might be a good look for her to take on some boxing. We have so much in case you missed it news. My God, Lucas Matisse may not be back until November 28th. Uh, according to Eric Gomez, he told Boxing Scene that he needed a little more time to get ready. We had a date for him in October, but he said he needed more time to get ready. So they're trying to get him a date in either December, January, or February. So mm. no Lucas Matisse, it looks, before the end of the year. Also, Eliander Alvarez, who is in negotiations with Adonis Stevenson, says that he and his team will move to have Stevenson stripped of the belt, of the WBC oh. light heavyweight belt, if uh, they can't come to terms for a fight. So needless to say, I saw a story later on that evening that said that negotiations were heating up. So Eliander Alvarez, oh. it looks like that's the fight we're going to get unless he wants to walk away from the belt. I wouldn't be surprised oh. if he dropped the belt. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um also, gate figures for Mayweather-McGregor, for those of you interested. The gate made $55.4 million, but the big money is not close to what they were claiming. Wow. Mm. I think they just overshot the shot. Man, shocked and amazed, right? And then lastly, um, prayers continue for Magomed Abdul-Salamah, but he did have a victory in court. He is being awarded $22 million in settlements from state of New York for botching his post-fight care during the fight um, that left him debilitated and with a brain injury. So continue prayer for him. Hopefully that money will help his family. I'm sure it's been very stressful, you know, caring for him 24 hours a day since that time. And I'm not sure if congratulations is the right thing to say, but I'm hope that I know. helps. I, what do you, you know, you're right. It's it's not even, oh, congratulations. It's, you know, you hope that that money can really take care of him for the rest of his life because, you know, he's never going to just be okay or be able to drive a car. And what his right. family has gone through has been devastating. And, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of people to pay back, too. I mean, they haven't been right. able to pay bills on their own. And, they're, and I mean, can you imagine? And then taxes and everything else. So the number sounds big, but, you know, I wonder how much they're really going to be left with. Um, I wanted to go through some of your in case you missed it topics because talk yeah. about Sergey Kovalev's return. You know that interview that I read that John David Jackson did last week, Jay. Oh, 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 oh. holy Man. crap! Aired it he, out. Aired it now, out. But look, you see, this is what I don't like that trainers do. You can't train a fighter, collect checks, and do all this other stuff, and then when y'all break up, oh, he's a bad man. Oh, he don't train. Mm -hmm. He don't like black people. He's a racist. But you was training him. Yeah. So what's that yeah. say about you? Come on, man. You can't throw that man under the bus and think you're going to come out looking squeaky clean. Clean, clean. Like, come on, man. But he really laid into him. And, you know, you haven't seen anybody denying it or anything like that either. Um, so it just makes you wonder. But, look, nobody claimed that Kovalev was a good dude. Nobody thought right. he was squeaky clean. Nobody thought that he loved black people. 
You know, I think that this has all Never been out that. there. But, for, but John, come on, man. you got to have a little class. Like, if I were a fighter looking for a new trainer, I don't know if I would go with John David Jackson because he might air all That's my shit saying. out one day. That's what I'm saying. Right? And, you know, the trainer, the trainer-fighter relationship, that's like father-son. If you can't trust your trainer, who can you trust? I, I, oh right. no! Oh no! No no! Once it hit the streets, nah, bruh. I I feel like I gotta walk on eggshells, and that's no way to train. Man, that's an L all the and way then, around. Yeah, and then Broner. You know, not only did oh. he lose his mind in Vegas, but he was losing his mind on Instagram last night and this morning. He's crying for help. I ain't got nobody on my corner. Nobody's there for me. Everybody's did. I mean, it's everybody's fault. And I will be the first one to admit. Okay, that I used to blame his handlers, and I used to paint, you know, I used to blame people around him for enabling him, but it's no longer their fault. This is all him. You know, he loves to turn up, he loves to get drunk and do drugs and do all this crazy shit, and you can't just knock people out on the Vegas Strip. You can't do that, especially when your hands are licensed to kill someone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What's wrong with him? I'm just- I'm just, I'm so, I'm so done. I'm so done at this point. I always, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I just can't do it anymore. Are you, is he on drugs? Like, why are you wilding out like that? Vegas, it's not even popping like that. Why are you outside anyway? It's hot. You pushing women and shoving and punching people. What the hell? I'm so, I'm just so done with him. Where is his aunties? I mean, somebody, if he, you don't have no girl cousins that could go check on the boy. My God, get it together. I can't deal it. I can't do it anymore. I know. Anyways, Broner, the gift that keeps on giving. Anyway, let's take a quick commercial break. When we get back, Jay, I'm going to give you guys the word on the curb. All right. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com. And see why the enemy will fear you. WarTapeBrand.com. We put hands on you. Champs Boxing Club and Fitness, bringing the city of Danbury a safe, clean, and professional boxing gym. Located on 128 East Liberty Street, Champs Boxing Club offers you more than five trainers who are all either current or former professional and amateur boxers. Look us up online at ChampsBoxingClub.org for a full description on membership rates, discounts, and more about our facility. Also, check us out on social media at Champs Danbury. If you're ready to join, send us an email at cbcdanbury at gmail.com, and we'll get right back to you. Or swing by and visit. We look forward to you joining our team. Come see what all the buzz is all about here at Champs in Danbury, Connecticut. All right, today's show is brought to you by BoxingInsider.com, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide Auto Warranties.com, Champs Boxing Club, War Tape Rams, Bernie's Boxing, Red Beach Advisors, and the WBC Cares. Obviously, the Morning Punching Show is blowing up. We're trying to do big things and make big moves for you guys. Um, <laughs> so, you guys... <laughs> And it's because of our listeners that we're doing so well and we got some things in the works and it's because of our listeners. So thank you for being loyal and tuning in with us every Monday morning. All right, here's the word on the curve. October 19th in Las Vegas on ESPN. We teased this word on the curve a few weeks ago, but it is set October 19th, Glenn Tapia versus Gabe Rosado. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, Glenn. Oh, Gabe. Wow. Wow. 
that really kind of threw my head because I was I was gonna say, oh Glenn and oh Gail. Well, yeah, you my know, God. I, I think gonna be a bloody fight. Yeah, you're right. And I think a lot of people are gonna have a lot of crap to say about it, but I think it's gonna do really good ratings, and I think people are gonna turn in to watch Tapia Rosado. I'm watching it. I mean, I'm watching that. Why show. wouldn't? Why, for real, why wouldn't you watch that? Anyway, word on the curb also is that James Kirkland is also set to return this fall. So Where? he must need a check. He must need some money because, you know, he only fights when he's desperate. So look out for James Kirkland. He's going to return in either October or early November. Some more on the uh, word on the curb. The return of Earl Spence Jr. Woo! is finally being targeted for December 16th in Long Island. Apparently, they feel that he can draw in New York, that he could draw in Long Island. Uh, You know, I guess he still has some family ties in Long Island. They're going to get him in Dallas. I was assured that they would, you know, early next year. But it just made sense for December 16th in Long Island. Now, word on the curb is I'm hearing that it might be Luis Colazzo. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, Long Island. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure. Come on, man. Come on, son. Really? Nothing about Errol has to just Long Island to me. But, hey, the boy can fight, and people from Long Island like good fights. The Colazzo, yeah. that's interesting. You know, I thought it was going to be Danny Garcia versus Colazzo in December, uh, but I, I think Ooh. that they're going to um, spoon feed Colazzo to Earl Spence. Anyway, some more word on the curve. Listen up. Bermaine Severn finally, finally stepped aside. Finally! You know, took finally, finally stepped aside to make way for Wilder to make this fight with Luis Ortiz, right? But Don King did not step aside so quietly. Money was not going to be enough. So word on the curb is not only did he demand good step aside money, but he also demanded a good fight. He wanted somebody in the top ten. If we step aside. Remains the Fern is going to get step aside money. We want somebody in the top 10, and we want to fight on Wilder's undercard. So, look, they had to give in to Don King. You know what I mean? Okay, we need to get Severn out the way. Let's just give this man what he wants. So, drum roll is Remains the Fern got the number eight ranked heavyweight in the world, Dominic Brazil, on November 4th. Man, I guess. Okay. I ain't with it. So, damn, none of my words <laughs> on the curb is, like, electrifying today. But, hey, this is all I got for you No, guys. I like so the word to... on the curb. No, I like the word <laughs> on the curb. I just don't like the selection. That ain't your fault. <laughs> all right. So, Bermain Severn versus Dominic Brazil. Um, that's going down November 4th. And my last bit of word on the curb, uh, and I haven't really seen this out here, but putting two and two together – Talking to certain people, it looks like we're going to get Jose Ramirez versus Mike Reed in Fresno this year. Now, Jose Ramirez is that kid in Fresno who puts like yeah. 13,000 people in the venue. You know, his big thing is fighting for water, and he's got that really good promoter out there. Um, that Man, they put asses in seats. So, mm-hmm. anyway, Jose Ramirez versus Mike Reed in Fresno this fall. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a nice little fight there. That's a nice little step-up fight, I think, yeah. for Mike Reed. And or that, just, and it's, and, well, just step-up for both of them. 
And that is the fight that Mike Reed has been wanting. That's no secret. He's been needing a big fight. You know, he's already, what, 20, 22 and 0. You know, it, it's time for that type of fight. And with top rank inking this big ESPN deal, they too have to keep on putting on quality matches and matching up their prospects. And it's sink or swim. You know, if you want to be on television and you want these networks behind you, you have to make good fights now. Those days of two years ago where all those mismatches and decapitations were going on on live TV, that, that, ain't, that ain't floating no more. That's not happening no more. So anyway, that's, that's a good thing for the young boxers coming up that want to shine and that want to step up. So Jose Ramirez, Mike Reed, Fresno this fall. You heard it here first. Jay, give us this weekend's fight schedule. This weekend's fight schedule, y'all know what it is. It's a good fight weekend. Starting on September 15th from Las Vegas, Claudio Marrero versus Jesus Rojas for 12 rounds for Marrero's WBA interim featherweight title. Also on the card, Rashidi Ellis versus Juan Carlos Abreu for uh, 10 rounds. So that's a cool little card during the Canelo Triple G fight weekend. And then on, same, on the same night on CBS Sportsnet, Mike Lee versus Aaron Quattro. Terrible, terrible. I cannot say this last name. Quattrocci? It looks Italian. Quattrocci? Uh, that's oh, Mike Quattrocci. Lee's opponent. Quattrocci. 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 The only reason I know Quattrocci. how to say that is because I, I went to high school with a kid whose last name was Quattrocci. <laughs> yeah, that one got you, girl, right there. Wow. Yeah. Don't ask me to say it again. And then, so that's going to be on CBS Sportsnet also on the 15th. On Saturday night, RB and I will be in the house for all the fight action this week. It's a Triple G versus Canelo, the fight we've been waiting for for the WBA, IBF, WBC middleweight title. Well, one of them's fighting for the WBC title. Also Mm -hmm. on the card, JoJo Diaz versus Jorge Lara in the co-main event. Diego De La Hoya versus Randy Caballero, Ryan Martin, Francisco Roja, Marlena Sparza's fighting on the card. Um... It's a great, it's a full card. It's a full card. We're looking forward to going out there. We'll talk more about that later in the week when we do our bonus show mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. So we'll talk all things uh, Triple G Canelo on that day. And when you call, when you hit us up on social media to ask for our predictions for the fight, just tune in on Wednesday. We're going to give you all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And then also on the same night, Saturday night from London, Billy Joe Saunders is fighting against Willie Monroe Jr. Um, Man, Does Billy Joe Saunders even care about that fight? No, nah, not really. Just because it's a title fight. It's uh, for the WBO yeah. middleweight title. Hopefully, Saunders will get his ass off his shoulders and agree to a fight with uh, the winner, uh, Canelo Triple G. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. And that is your weekend fight schedule. All right. Like Jay said, we are going to give you guys a special edition show this Wednesday, 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, all about Canelo Golovkin. We are going to preview the fight. We are going to break it down. We're going to give our predictions. We want to open up the phone lines. We want to talk to you about Canelo Golovkin as well. Um, if, if anybody, we're going to, I'm going to give you one last chance. If anybody right now is willing to play know it or blow it, and if you want to win a free photograph signed by Manny Pacquiao, press one now, and we will pick you up to play. Oh, we got not, somebody. Uh-oh. Okay, dare to be bold. Five one four nine zero nine. You're live with the Morning Punch and Show. Who is this, and where are you calling from? Hey, ladies, it's uh, David Altamirano. I made it. Right. Oh, Mama, I made right. it. 
calling from Canada. What's going on? Not much, not much yourself. We're, We're doing good. We, we, want, we want to play some Know It or Blow It and hopefully send you out a signed photograph by Manny Pacquiao. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. Um, before we play Know It or Blow It with you, did you watch the Superfly card on Saturday night? Uh, did I watch it? I'm actually Nicaraguan. So, oh. of course I did. Oh. Oh, and uh, it was hard to watch. It was hard. No, it's okay. It's hard to watch, but yeah. uh, you know he dared to be great. And uh, I just want to give, uh, sort of commentate on the fact that it's um, it's very it's horrible these days how people confuse popularity with quality. People comparing mm. Broner to Chocolatito that's a uh, disgrace. That's a disgrace. Yes, I don't yes. even know a, a guy fighting for vacant titles being uh, hand fed by Al Heyman, as opposed to a yeah. great. Chocolatito, who's you know, like obviously I'm Nicaraguan, so I, of course I'm biased. But this is I'm 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 completely uh, disgusted by this uh, so-called new media we see online. A bunch of people, you know, saying things. Uh, oh, you know, if it was a black fighter, he'd be he would be uh, you know pushed to the side and being called names. But you know, Chocolatito being a small fighter who just was brought up a couple of years back. Unfortunately, uh, he he was brought up too late in HBO. But you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he'll be remembered like Alexis Arguello as a great. I know that's right. That's how we want him to be remembered as well. Um, so okay, let's play some know it or blow it. Here we go, Jay. We're gonna give him ten seconds on the clock. This is a, you know just a question. You have ten seconds to throw out some names and and tell us who you think this is. Here we go. Ready, Jay? Okay. Ready, caller? I'm All ready. right. Yeah, which, I'm ready. Which, okay, which boxer holds the record for the most title defenses during his entire career? Which boxer holds the record for the most title defenses in his entire career? For the most title defenses for his entire career? Uh, which I'm not sure I understand the question. His t- okay, so which boxer ever defended his title the most times. I'll tell you, there's a boxer who defended his title 25 times. Who was that fighter? He defended his title 25 times. Nope, keep trying, because I think you're going to get it if you just think a little bit. He defended his title 25 times. Floyd Mayweather? Oh, sorry. All right, it was Joe Lewis. Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Joe right. Lewis defended so it's about that. But thank you for playing and um Thank you. Make sure you make it a good week. All right. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs> Gotta think all right, age, I, folks. Yeah, all right. We're gonna wrap up today's show again was brought to you by the boxinginsider.com, Porter High Performance Center, nationwide oil warranties dot com, boxing club, war tape. Bernie Boxing, Red Beach Advisors, and the WBC Cares. Make sure you visit badculture.net. We appreciate you guys for listening today. We will be back this Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific time with our Canelo Golovkin show. Thank you for joining us. Jay, make it a great day. Thank you as always. We're out.